0: You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcaracci, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Welcome back. It's Ryan, and today I am talking to somebody who is in the franchise world, but also is an incredible go-kart racer who beat me the other other month in San Diego, Keith Levinson with Angela Cote. He's a franchise advisor. He's got experience as a franchisor. Keith, happy Friday! It's good to have you.
1: Hey, Ryan, it's good to be here. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I love the shout out about the go kart racing, and, and just so everyone's clear, it wasn't just Ryan or eight other individuals <laughs> that that had to deal with with the the rear end of my car for for a half <laughs> hours. I as I crushed them on the racetrack, Incredibly, also including a, a professional, a semi pro race car driver. Can I see semi pro?
0: Yeah, he, he was, and you got to feel good beating a semi-pro race car driver at go karts. That's uh, that's an accomplishment.
1: You know, I think it might be my claim to fame for my entire life, besides my children.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Keith, let's talk about how you came into. You've got a lot of experience in franchising. You 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 were a franchisor. Like, talk to us about your your background in the history. Yeah,
1: I, it, it was, I'm one of these typical people. I think in the franchise world where. I worked in a bunch of other industries for for the first part of my life and then found franchising almost by mistake. Um, I had had uh, left the job that I was in working for a mutual fund company here in Baltimore County, Maryland, and uh, was going back to school full time. And these folks moved into my neighborhood from New Zealand and just kind of over the course of a a year or so becoming friends with them, uh, they were opening this crazy business with these theme climbing walls and i became a part of that just almost organically i think actually i just wore them down they got tired of me asking them questions about business and they were like why instead of stop instead of you asking some questions why don't you go figure some of this stuff out for us and uh the place opened and right away people kept asking how did we become a part of this is this a franchise and the word franchise continued to be used and uh so we went down the path of investigating what that meant and then turned the business into a franchise, and uh, and did that for oh boy, quite a better part of six, seven years. And then had known Angela for quite some time through franchising events that we had met, and, and always had this discussion around, you know, what this realm in the franchise world when it comes to like the advisement level, you know, what what was being done, and maybe is there a way to change that, and and the focus has got to be on franchisee success, and. And when Angela started this, this advisement team up, uh, I joined it in two, almost two years ago now. And, and we've just seen some, some dramatic growth with our, within our own community, within our own business. When I started, I was the fourth employee. We've just brought on our ninth. Uh, so that's less than two years. And, and what we believe in is, is advising franchise systems on how to grow and scale everything from the micro emerging brand, who's just thinking about franchising, all the way up to the enterprise level where your focus has to be outward it has to be on the on the success of your franchisee which will in turn make you successful and right. so everything that we do as an operation as an advisement team is all about franchisee success and when we talk about scalability to our franchise or clients it's all of that in mind and and while you know we're going to talk specifically maybe a little bit about client tether it's a crm platform but you may not understand why that's going to relate to it but by bringing in a high quality prospect into your system, you then all, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. These high quality prospects that you can bring in through a system like, like Klein Tether is going to help you grow better, bring in the right people, which is going to make the whole system better and the whole system grow and allows you to really be that outward focus that you have to have in the franchise or.
0: Right. And I want to ask you this too, because there's an, uh, there's just so many options for crM systems out there not all of them are are fit are, are a fit for franchising right so and and what I get questions on is you know the often the objection is well I can get something free I can use a spreadsheet I can use this or that uh, and save on costs but why do you feel like in your experience that's not advisable
1: well, it, and look, it, when you're first starting out, right off the bat, right, you're not going to have a lot of leads.
0: So throwing in a
1: spreadsheet makes sense. But as you begin to see that there's this quantity of leads that are coming in, you know, as an emerging franchise world, let's just we'll stay in that space, right? right. You are going to wear every hat that needs to be your franchise development, your franchise support, your marketing, plus you're probably operating your own business because that's how you're affording to even have a franchise system. Right. And so you're pulled in all these different directions. Well, if you're doing franchise development lead generation and you're tracking it over a spreadsheet, that's fine to a point, but think about it from the perspective of the prospect. If it, in general terms, a prospect looks at anywhere from five to seven brands when they begin to investigate a franchise. So if I'm looking at, let's say, seven different emerging brands and six of them are using a CRM platform that allows me to automatically communicate with that prospect, whether it's a simple message to say, hey, thank you so much for the call, but now I can maybe embed a video file with that. Or somebody who now has to go in and say, hey, let me type out an email. Thank you so much for meeting with me, Ryan. It was a pleasure talking to you today. I really look forward to my next to your next call. Well, I get off my call with Ryan today, instead of having that automatic drip campaign where I have to go in and literally click on a, on a tab and change the status level, and now they're into the next level and they're going to get emails from me for the next week. Well, what if as I end my call with you, Ryan? Now a fire just broke out in the in the operation of my of my corporate center. I've got to go handle that. I, now it's Memorial Day weekend. Oh man, I don't get back to you until Tuesday. I look yeah. completely unprofessional compared to all those other systems. And now where as me as a prospect, I'm gonna look at it and go, okay, well, yeah, I really like my conversation with Keith, but boy, you didn't get back to me until Tuesday. And I've watched seven videos from these other brands. Over those le- those next three days, when we were sitting by the by the pool having a crush on Memorial Day, I right. watched the video. Right, and so that level of engagement can continue to occur by using a platform like that. That it just can't the other way around. And, and it seems maybe simplistic, but it's really important because you are competing against other brands. And the reality is, for the expense that some of the systems cost, some of the systems are very expensive the implementation fees alone are going to be price prohibitive to an emerging brand. But that doesn't mean that they're all like that. And you really have to do your due diligence. You really have to look around and say, what other platforms exist that are options for me at my price point? And if you look hard enough, you can really find some amazing products like yours.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that, Keith. And I think that's an interesting point you bring up is that you're not just evaluating franchise candidates. They are evaluating you. So, they are looking at your rights, five to seven different brands, and they're trying to figure out where they fit the best. And the ones that have the best communication and the best content—video, articles, podcasts—like we're doing—they're um, the ones that are going to get the most attention when you say. And it's about consistency with the message in the in the brand image, right? A
1: hundred percent. And we talk about it all the time on the friend outside about creating a process for franchise development where you're going through embedding the prospect and you wanna add elements in there. Like in, when we work with clients and we, when we're helping them do franchise development, we're teaching them how to do franchise development and we're building out that vetting process with them. We put in things like homework uh, because we want them to follow the system. Well, you're also telling them what your system is going to be like if they're a part of it and you're right about the communication. If you're poor communicating to them at the beginning, what's that going to make them feel like if they're out in, you know, Topeka, Kansas, and they're they're all of a sudden they've got a fire in their unit that they don't know how to put out and they're going to be worried that they're not going to be able to get in touch with you, that it's going to take three days for you to get back to them because that's what it took when you first started talking to them. So it is a hundred percent a two-way street. You're evaluating them, and by God, they should be evaluating you. And if they're not, that's a big problem, and that's a red flag. But that's a whole different conversation.
0: <laughs> right, right. I mean, you've been in it a while, and you were you were knee deep in your own franchise work. What it what sort of hurdles did you face in your experience coming up? What did you learn from those those situations? Is there anything you gained out of some of the struggles you had?
1: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's funny how how you, how you when my my son, who's now nineteen, when he was growing up, I coached all of his sports team: baseball, yeah. football. For some reason, somebody asked me to be a soccer coach at one point. Huh. And I know about as much as soccer about, you know, how to inflate the ball is about all I know about soccer. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyways, I used to always say to them, "Look, you're they the kids. They never understood that they were learning more when they lost than when they won. But that's right. how we learn. We were we learn from our defeats. Because when we win, we gloss over all the things that we actually screwed up." Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that, that I know I took away pretty pretty uh, deeply was the need for systemization within a franchise system. At, at whatever point you're at, whether you have one unit, you're thinking about franchising, you know you need to systemize. Um, it's really going to help you down the line and as you grow. And and if you don't start early, the catch up game is really really difficult. And what you right. end up doing, at least what I found was I ended up wasting so much time. On a daily basis going back and trying to reinvent the wheel because i hadn't documented how we made the wheel and it was really really hard so i think systemization at an early stage just can't be overstated enough and you know people like what does that mean that could mean utilizing a crm instead of a free platform or a spreadsheet and and doing it earlier on allows you now to have those people dedicated in a database for you to then at certain times so it's funny people always think that once a, a lead kind of goes dead that it's dead lead well who says that i mean I, I, there's a brand that, that we work with uh it was a set it was 7 years from the initial contact until the time they signed their franchise agreement wow 7
0: years 7 I mean, years that's, now that's
1: an extreme example right but yeah. that's why a drip campaign is so important that lead, right. i don't care how you get it i don't care if they walked into your store and, and tried your ice cream and thought it was the greatest ice cream ever, and said, "Hey, I want to put my name in the hat if you ever franchise." That name's super important to you because that's an opportunity, and those right. opportunities are limited. And as an emerging brand, it's really expensive to go out and play against the big brands. So you need to drive organic leads as much as possible. So I want a place where I can put that person's name and I can hit them with something, even if it's if it's twice a year that lead is not dead until they unsubscribe from my email campaign. <laughs> right. Until then, there's always. as the, what's the line from dumb and dumber? So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah. so right. Because we've had situations where people using our system, they've had a, a pool of, let's say they call them dead leads or uninterested, right? Not interested. And they think, well, these people are, they're never going to talk to me again. That's it, right? But you'd be surprised that if you keep them on a drip, Maybe it's six months, like you said, a year later, maybe even seven years later, which as you told us, it's possible. Things can change. Minds change. People change, right? Things happen. And just because they're not interested today doesn't mean three months from now, something could happen. And that's why exactly, I mean, you're right. It's the drip campaigns. It's keeping in touch with them, keeping your brand in front of them. So I agree with you 100%. I, one of the things I hear too, and I want to know if you feel this way also, is that a lot of people tell me, well, we're so new, we don't need anything right now because we don't want to spend the money and we can manage with what we have, right? And what I try to tell people is, and I want to know if you agree, is that you're going to grow anyway, right? So whether you have two locations now and in five years you have 25 or 30, you're going to grow anyway. So you have to lay a foundation now right to to really successfully grow and scale over time would you agree with that
1: yeah absolutely and i and i understand the mentality because there's only so many dollars right and right. and when you get into franchising and this is you know kind of a fundamental issue within the industry is there's there's folks out there that are that are actively searching for people who want to get into franchising and they're going to sell them on the idea of franchising yeah. and don't really explain to them the, the really, because there isn't a lot of expense that comes with becoming a franchisor. So you've gone through maybe the process of getting the, the physical elements that you need, the franchise document, your operations manual, all that's prepared. You've now spent tens of thousands of dollars and now you're trying to go to market and now you're trying to find franchise leads and you don't have you know 20 family members lined up to go ahead and buy your system. And now you're like, oh, geez, I just don't want to spend these dollars on it. Yeah. And, and and I understand it. I've sat in that seat and tried to play that. How do I rob Peter to pay Paul?
0: Yeah.
1: And it's hard. But the reality is you're missing opportunities if you don't. And right. the, the fact that you can put someone into a campaign and nurture that person. And, and like you mentioned before, and you're spot on, right, about lives change. People move. And, and before, think about it, you might have somebody who's come to you that wants to open next door to your, your particular location and they're your biggest fan and your best client. And you know I can't sell you a franchise because you're, you're too close to me, like it doesn't work out. Well, yeah. let's look at what's happened post COVID. Now, people are moving all over the country. People right. are living where they want to live, not where their job was any longer. So if you have that person in a drip campaign, in a nurturing campaign, now, maybe they actually live in Fort Lauderdale, which is a high value target market for you. And now it just happens to be coming up to July 1st in a month. You've got a semi-annual message created within your CRM. And it's going to ping that because that email address, people don't change their email addresses. People still have, uh, they still have um, AOL addresses, right? <laughs> yeah. like, nobody ever changes that email address. Right. And it usually is on their phone. Well, you don't care where now they're in a hot market for you. They happen to get an email from you that says, hey, you know, just we're really curious about how everybody's doing post-COVID or, hey, we got this new product offered, whatever it is. And that person's now reengaged and says, oh, my God, I love that business. I always love the service. I love the product that they sell. Boy, I think that would really work where I live now. And they couldn't sell to me before. Hey, you know what? I'm going to get in touch with Ryan and see what he's got going out there. Right, and the next thing you know, you've got a high quality lead again. So, and it doesn't seem like at the time that it might it might pay off. And there's going to be dollars that you're going to throw away as as an emerging brand early on. You're going to throw them away on digital marketing ads that are going to produce garbage for you. There's no crap that comes back from it. It sucks. It's just the reality of it. It's hard. Franchising is not easy.
0: Yeah, it's not easy. I want to ask you too, like a lot of times, and this is one of the biggest things I talk about is texting, right? And I get get mixed feelings about it. People think, well, I don't want to be intrusive. I don't want to bother people. Um, I feel like it's too personal to text. But a lot of the brands I work with are finding value in text because they're getting responses faster than email. And it's just they're building the relationship faster. What do you think about what's your opinion on the text side of it?
1: I think if you're not texting, you're missing an opportunity that is, you know, we're seeing higher open rates with text message. massive massive uh, percentage of of uh, difference between engagement on an email versus a text. text is killing email. You know, and email has become incredibly crowded. You know the look at what's going on from just uh, to kind of change gears a little bit, but from a print standpoint,
0: yeah. conversion
1: rates on print ads are significantly higher. Than they are in digital ads because there is less coming to your physical mailbox than ever. And during COVID, we were all looking forward to getting the mail. And that's continuing now. Like things people are putting ads in Clipper Magazine, uh, which would never have worked four years ago, that are getting now 20 and 30% conversion rates on. So it's insane. Yeah. Text is that next is that other barrier. And I understand, like, I, you know, you you sign up for something, you kind of do it because you're in the moment. I signed up for something. I was at my, my local car wash a couple of weeks ago, and they had a new program, some VIP club. So I signed up for it. Well, every Thursday now I get a text message from my car wash telling me yeah. about whatever thing they're trying to sell me. Is that yeah. kind of annoying? Yeah. But you know what? I swipe left, I hit delete. Yeah. So for me, that for that, for that business, they're not getting the conversion from me. Well, if they send that out to 150 people and 10 people come back in for that service, they don't do, do you really care about the other 140? If yeah. I want to, I can text back "stop" and opt out of that campaign, right? So don't yeah. be. So I would say, don't be concerned with the people that are you're upsetting. Think about the people that are converting, and if right. they want to hear from you, and you're not being able to reach them via phone or via email, then why not try text? Hey, it's Ryan. We had you, you filled out the form on my website. I'd love to have a conversation with you. I've sent you a few emails. I haven't heard back. Is there any chance we could jump on a call? they okay. are probably going to respond to you. And if they don't, okay, put them in a cold campaign, hit them with a drip campaign, and seven years from now, they'll become a franchisee, maybe.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because I do the same thing. Like, I'll have texts from a company. But here's my question for you, right? You may delete those texts, but you haven't replied stop. Why haven't you replied stop? Is it because you feel like you're going to go back to that place? Oh,
1: yeah, call oh, 100%. Like, I know okay. I'm going to at some point, yeah. and they'll hit me on the right day where I'm like, Oh right, and I don't use the car wash all the time. I actually right. I do wash my own car yeah. uh, most of the time, I should say. Yeah. But uh, but if we're going away and we're getting ready to do like a big trip, I'll take it up there because I can run through the car wash in in a half hour and get the whole yeah. thing done. So right. I and I usually do it on Friday mornings. So typically when I do it, so that's why I haven't stopped that message because yeah. there is going to be a time where it's going to hit and I'm going to go. oh, I was going to run up to you to tomorrow. I'm on my way to bar now for sure. But now I'm going to get that discount.
0: Right. And that's interesting you say that because I think that is the exact mentality that a lot of, well, potential candidates have. Like it's not, it's not that it's no, it's not right now, but, but if, if you keep texting them and they don't reply, stop, there's gotta be some level of interest there. Otherwise they would tell you to stop. Right.
1: Absolutely. So when, when I was the, yeah. with the preview, when I was on the franchise or side of it, you know, we were a family entertainment center and we had, hundred thousand people come through the door in the first year that we were open. Yeah. So that's, and that was a hundred thousand unique email addresses that we had. So yeah. That's a big email campaign that you're doing on a quarterly basis, just yeah. to keep people engaged. Right. But what we saw, <clears throat> excuse me, would be, we would send out a blast email on every, every quarter. We'd see maybe a hundred or 200 opt-outs. Yeah. Well on a hundred thousand email addresses, I'll, I'll take one, 1% a 1% drop rate, I'm okay with that. Yeah, That's fine with me. That's typical, Um, yeah. Right, exactly. So if you have 100,000 people in your database as an existing business, I would slide them into my CRM and begin hitting them with a drip campaign because they are potentially your first, uh, if you're an emerging brand, they're potentially your first franchisees. And so let's start nurturing them to the fact that we have an opportunity for them to be a bigger part instead of just being a consumer to the service Maybe they actually want to be an independent business owner with the support of a franchise system behind them.
0: Right, right. I think it's totally interesting because I, I I talked to a new client the other day who decided that he's going to create campaigns of text videos. So he's going to be sending videos from his YouTube channel in text message automation, which I think is great. Um, and you know, it, it costs really nothing but time to make videos these days. I mean, we're people are doing it every day, so. You can really get creative with with our system. How you decide to communicate, what you send out, the messaging. We even have content writers, and I'm sure you know people that write content. Um, but powerful messaging, even in a short text or a video, can go a long way uh, if you know what what you're doing. Would you Would you agree with that? Oh man, you can't see me, but I'm my head
1: is going up and down, very, very. <laughs> Very vigorously right now. No, 100% agree. Look, everybody, the the video, the, the video element is here. It's not going away anytime soon. Right. I don't care if you're 75 or you're 15. Video is what content you want. That's how we consume. I think it was TikTok recently that just said they had more subscribers that were over the age of 50 than yeah. under, which is yeah. pretty fascinating. We think yeah. TikTok is a modern medium but yep. it's really being used by across all demographic levels. Right. Uh, and we want to see short form video. And you're right, like to, to drop that into a text, that's next level. Yep. And look, the reality is, and everybody talks about this from almost the millennial Gen Z perspective of they need something more in their life. They don't want just the business, they want a purpose. I don't believe that's that's specific to just those generations. I think that's human beings in general. Right. And there are people that are going to buy franchises from you that might be 60 plus. they might be in their early 20s. They all want purpose and they want connectivity to other human beings. Right. That's really I think what we've all learned from COVID more than anything is what we've missed most most deeply was the connections with our friends, our family, our people and our lives. Right. Uh, and so connecting to a human being, again from an emerging perspective, this is one of the advantages you have over an established brand let them know those prospects understand that you as the founder are going to be who they're dealing with for for, as you know an emerging brand you're not going to do that when you're you know 15 or 20 plus but if you're just starting out you have a real opportunity to say hey i'm the ceo and founder of this business i'm who's going to teach you how to run and operate this business you're going to have a relationship with me and to connect with them on a video format over a text message Think about how, how that message comes across. Hey, yeah, you're an emerging brand, but boy, you've got, you've got your shit together. You've got a text message campaign with a video of yourself welcoming them to, to the opportunity. That's, that's pretty powerful.
0: Right. I would agree. And another thing with Client Tethered, I, I try to drill into people's heads is that, that the robust dashboard and analytics, because it's good to understand, first of all, developing a candidate profile like, who, who do we really want to be a franchisee? what what is their profile you know and starting to develop that over time you know you may not get that in your first three months of franchising but you'll start to develop it over time do you think profiling and understanding who your prime candidates are is important and using a system for that as well uh it's, it's super, like every
1: it's so funny everybody always talks about it go to any franchise conference. Yeah. Uh, IFE is in New York next week, sit in on, I think MJ from Top Fire is doing a, a piece on, on digital marketing. Yeah, we know MJ.
0: Yeah.
1: Great dude. I love MJ. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know he's going to talk about building your avatar. We all talk about that avatar that is your ideal franchisee. Well, when you are just starting out, you don't have any idea who your ideal franchisee is yet. Right. It takes time to do that. Having a system that's building those analytics in from the very beginning for you, as you grow again, this goes back to systemization at an early point. Now, all the data points that you're collecting on all of your prospects are feeding into a system that you can now analyze and say, "Okay, really, who is my avatar?" And yeah. you, maybe it, it only takes you six months as opposed to six years. I mean, in some cases, some of the brands that I work with, you know, we're really just dialing in what some of that is after three or four years, because uh, it, it takes some time to understand who they are, but. I right. think that's a. I mean, that's a great tool to have and shouldn't be underestimated because you got to know your data. Your data is super important. Everybody captures data, but how do you recognize the data? How do you interpret the data and analyze it? It's really, it's the critical piece to it. And if you don't have the ability, if like if you're a master at a spreadsheet and you can build, you know, all the different formulas and do all that work yourself, fantastic. God bless you. You can probably yeah. develop your own. Um, CRM yourself, right? Yeah. But if you're not, and if you don't have time to do that, and it doesn't interest you, then I would suggest you look at an option that's going to do that for you because it really is important. And you'll eventually save money down the line because your franchise development dollars will now be tailored to those specific demographic points that you're finding are really important to your system.
0: Right. No, I think so. And, you know, it's funny because when, when people start franchising, they spend a lot of money on the legal stuff, on the attorneys and the fees and the paperwork and the documentation. So if you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to do that or more, you know, don't not spend any money on a system to help you develop and grow. Like spend the two three hundred or four hundred or whatever it is a month, to, to scale and grow. I mean, wouldn't you agree, if you're spending all of this money into, into franchising anyway, really, what is another, you know, couple hundred, $300 a month, right? You no, know, I agree. And, and
1: we do. We focus so much on, and look, there's certain elements become a franchise or you have to have the, the paperweights, as I like to call them. Yeah. You have to have an FDD slash FA, franchise disclosure document and franchise agreements, combined document. You have to have that. It's required by law. You can't sell a franchise or award, or I shouldn't say the word sell, you can't award a franchise anywhere in the country without having that. You need an operations manual. Now your operations manual could possibly be the SOPs that you have, but there is some language that needs to be there. So you might need to use a service to do that. So yeah, you have gone through this process and potentially spent. you know, I know some folks that have spent a hundred plus thousand dollars uh, to get that work done now that's way 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 on the far side and if you're going to spend that much i suggest you give us a call because we can help with that yeah um, but uh you know there's now you've done all that work and now you're you're starting to skimp in some areas where yeah i i i totally get the the, the process that some systems make you go through from an implementation standpoint and it can be cost prohibitive but that doesn't mean that every system in the space does that and, you really, I think it all comes down to homework, going to, going to different conventions, building yep. a community around yourself of like-minded people in the franchise space. You know, I, I'm going to plug ACN here for, for you know, 30 seconds, but one of the things that I love that we do is we host roundtables on a weekly basis for emerging brands that are free to attend, uh, you don't get pitched to, and they allow you to connect with other people in your space. It's about peer-to-peer learning. Right. So you come to something like that. You find any of the other groups out there that there's a few others that, that I guess kind of do that. But um, you know, go find one of those groups and become a part of it, and then ask them, "What are you using?" Yeah. <laughs> find out what other people are doing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's super critical to take these data points and capture them, and really then have a way to analyze it.
0: Yeah. Well, Keith, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, what you guys do out there with, with Angela and just all the work you're doing is, is fantastic. And I love all the stuff you post on LinkedIn. Where can people find you if they're listening to this and they want to get help from you or advice or even maybe sit in on a roundtable?
1: Yeah, very easily go to our website, Angela Cote, which is spelled C-O-T-E uh, dot com. And then you can go on there and you can look at our services and then uh, you make an appointment with Jordan, who's our relationship manager we will have a conversation with you, a short 30 minute conversation to see which round table. We do five round tables a week. We want to make sure we're placing you in the right place for where you are and what your position might be within a franchise system. Go there and sign up with us. And then uh, you can read all about the other services that we have when it comes to our advising packages. We work with franchise systems, like I said, all the way from that micro emerging, hey, I'm thinking about franchising all the way up to the, to the big boys with thousands of franchisees. Right.
0: So if you're listening to this and you are looking into franchising, or maybe you're a current franchise and you just need some help or some guidance, um, reach out to Keith, reach out to Angela. They're good people. And uh Keith, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate it, man. And keep up the good work with the go-karts. I'm gonna beat you next time. Okay. That's my goal. Like I,
1: but before the next event, like I'm real, I'm gonna actually have to do some practicing now because you know, I know that trophy that everybody loves me to point out and show yeah. them whenever I get on Zoom calls with them. Now I know people are coming for it. So I, I yeah. feel the. I'm, I'm not, it hasn't even gotten to that point, but I'm already starting to feel the pressure. I got to be, <laughs> yeah. I know Dave's really coming after me. Dave,
0: <laughs> well, Dave is very competitive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And he, he, if, if it was another half a lap, I we would be talking about me coming in second place. Cause he actually had me at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He did. Yeah. But no,
1: man. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. This is an absolute pleasure. I always enjoy talking to you and being able to hang out with you.
0: Yeah, same here, Keith. Have a great Memorial Day weekend with the family and uh, we'll keep in touch.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, man.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in becoming an episode sponsor, please email me at livingryan at gmail.com. And thank you so much.